Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there in the YouTube land, the, the, the Twitter sphere, the Spotify land? It's the boys back in town. We got JG back on set with us and Tanner Dawson. What's going on, guys? What's going on, everybody? What up, bro? It's good to be back with y'all. Yeah, Jason, it's good to have you back, by yeah, the way. Definitely we, glad we, to definitely, have you back. we missed you last week, obviously. Had a good discussion uh, about the Chiefs' offensive line. So, those of you out there who've not clicked subscribe and like and checked out our previous video, go ahead and do that. Um, Tanner and I had a little debate about the right side of the Chiefs' O line. Yes. I think you agreed yes. more with Peter King. Peter King has something come out, right? Yeah, I thought he had like rumors out there on the right hand side. I prefer mm-hmm. to have, like I said, Kyle, Kyle. Long. I think okay. he'd just be a better fit. Yeah, I could see that, especially him being still trying to gain some weight and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, we have a lot to go on about today, you guys. Uh, we're going to talk some NBA, of course, with the playoffs here. Uh, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs for a few minutes. We're going to talk about Julio Jones. If you see us here on YouTube, we got the Julio sign out here out front. Um, so, uh, Jason, what are you sipping on over there? You got a you got a drink on your table. I have a few drinks. So. Yeah, you got a few. Yeah, so I've got uh, this Boulevard Fling craft cocktail, mm. and it is a Mai Tai, and then I've got the Old Forester whiskey with Coke. No, sorry, Pepsi. Pepsi. I want to clarify. Oh, that's it's right. Definitely that's Pepsi. Right. Yeah, definitely Pepsi. We don't we don't buy Coke around here apparently no, anymore. So, Taren, what are you doing? What are you sipping on? Well, I was actually going to show up with a Coke today just for the yeah. fun, but uh, I decided to get some water, and I got the. Three twelve lemon shandy I had last week. You still had some in your fridge, you know. So I'm in there mooching off of you. Tanner, is <laughs> that fun. like is that like one point seven five percent alcohol? <laughs> this be, I want to I want to be clear on this. 4.2. How much alcohol? Four point two. Oh 4. wow! 2. So you're moving up in life all of a sudden. What well, happened? I had Forrester last time you were here. You did? Oh yeah. yeah that's true. He did have Forrester. All right. But we got the hundred proof now, which is what you're drinking. So you even you upgraded as well the Forrester. So. Yeah, I gotta try this hundred proof. I've never had this before. Oh, it's the best stuff in the world, man. What about you, Mike? What do you got? Uh, no, it I looks got like a, a fancy can too. I got a little mixture here. I do have myself a little old Forester, but I got some um, Schilling hard cider from Heirloom Apple or Cider Apples Excelsior Imperial Apple, eight point five percent. So I might as well crack one open for the length of the show. Um, so you know the good old stuff. I haven't had a cider in a while. This is like the best cider I've had in a long time. Um, pretty pretty impressive. For sure. Um, so, like I said, you guys, we'll be getting to some Chiefs and Julio Jones and uh, a little bit of Aaron Rodgers we'll touch on here. But I want to open up for something that I thought was pretty uh, normal, I guess, at this point. I mean, we saw a little bit of a la flop uh, this past week with LeBron James <laughs> um, going out there, do a little floppy flop after no a Chris way. Paul foul, Sweet. you know, a quote-unquote foul. Um and I think, you know, the Lakers-Suns matchup is pretty interesting, actually. I believe in the Suns. I, I do think the Suns are a good team. Uh, I think the Lakers, you know, talent-wise might be a little better as far as that goes. But um, I'm not going to count the Suns out. I think that's the one team you guys have actually counted out a couple times. Tanner, I think you've been a believer. but Yeah, I'm not a partial your... believer. I didn't yeah. expect them to play the Lakers first Remember, round. Remember, they were the best team last year in the bubble thing, right? Correct. Yeah, they went undefeated in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't make the playoffs because they sucked before the bubble. Right, and then this season rolled around, and I think they've had their ups and downs, but overall I think they're a pretty uh, decent team hey, just overall. Just be a two-seed from where they were last mm-hmm. year, like that's impressive. Alone. I believe in them. Now, obviously, the series is currently, if you're watching here, I know we have a game on Thursday, 
but the series is tied one to one right now, and they're going back to L.A. to play a couple games at the moment. So, uh, Jason, what's your thoughts on, uh, like I said, LaFlop and the situation of the Suns and Lakers? Yeah, I mean LaFlop. The thing with him is like you know when you when you turn thirty five years old, you kind of you got to do what you got to do. So you got to play by the rules of the game and. Um, you know, he is getting up there in years, but I do think that him and AD had a great game this last last time out. Um, I don't think this is going to be like a short series. I think a lot of people are sitting there thinking, oh, you know, it's over. It's one to one. The Lakers are going to just win this thing in five games. I don't see that because traditionally when you're in the early rounds of the playoffs, LeBron James has a lot of six and seven game series in the in the the early rounds of his playoff career and so i'm looking at the the box score from the last game ad lebron had great games um but you know the the game was played in phoenix and so i was kind of surprised that uh had a great game and i was surprised that drummond had a great game uh, i think drummond was seven of 11 field goal and schroeder was eight of 16 for 24 points yep but the the biggest problem i have right now when i look at this uh lakers squad is that uh their bench didn't really do shit in that last game and so you know it's like it's a one-to-one series anything can happen but you look at a guy like schroeder He's. We all know he's not going to put up 24 points in the next game, and Andre Drummond's not going to put up 15 points in the next game. And so there's a lot of variables in this series. I do still think that this is going to be a seven-game series. I, I do have the Lakers moving on, but, I mean, it's not going to be as easy as people think it is. And, you know, CP3, he's going to score more points. Um eventually in this series and so you know cp3 he only had six points in that last game but when they move to these road games you know know, that's when the the uh the guys that are on the bench they don't play as well when they're on the road and so i think uh cp3 is going to step up when they start playing in la because he's going to have to i mean cp3 is going to have to carry more of the load DeAndre Ayton is not going to play as well when they get into these road games. Uh, so it's going to be the, the Devin Booker and CP3 show when we, we move to the Lakers. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting because CP3 is already kind of banged up through already first couple of games, right? He, like he, he went out for a bit with a shoulder injury. People actually feared that it could have been uh, another bad injury for him and kept him out of the series. But he came back and played. He came. He got hurt again, second game. But he, it wasn't as big a deal. So, like, as long as CP3 can figure out and stay on the court, I think the Suns will keep it competitive. But something I want you to want you to look at as well. You were talking about the bench. You were talking about the difference between the two games. Well, first off, AD only had 13 points in the first game, right? But they actually played. AD played uh, about the same amount of minutes. LeBron played about the same. But the other guys. Were less. You had more bench going on in the first game as well, and in the second game, you guys had yeah Drummond with twenty four, Schroeder with thirty four or thirty four minutes, Caldwell Pope with thirty one minutes, and he has zero points, right? So obviously he's got to figure that out. LeBron's working with him on that, but AD played forty minutes, LeBron played thirty nine, 
right? AD came out the second game and finally played his ball. He had 24 – or sorry, 34 points on that. LeBron James had 23. So not only did AD have a better game, LeBron had actually looked about pretty much the same game. He missed a double-double still. But uh, he had about the same amount of points, same amount of rebounds, and he had actually a little bit more assists compared to the first game. But that's the thing. You know what you're going to get at LeBron James. You need LeBron. He's not at the health where he and he's older, right? He's not 100%, so he can't do this by himself. He needs guys like Schroeder, Drummond, and Davis. Those guys got to step up. Caruso has to step up. Caruso had a great game, actually, the first game for himself. And then he shit the bed again, going four points. And then the bench, they kept the bench guys on the bench. And that's the key, I think, for the Lakers. It's going to ruin them late in the playoffs. Because they're not going to win with the bench guys. You know that. No, their bench sucks. Like, and we I, saw that with LeBron AD out. Yeah, before we move on, I do want to make the point that Tanner was the first one to cuss this week on the show. So I want oh, to give you right. mad props for that, Tanner, because that's, that's never right, Tanner. happened before, I, I think that Tanner gave us a lecture, and we said we didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a so, lecture. <laughs> he tried to. No, I just... Well, okay. You guys took it totally the wrong way. But no, I, I think you and I are... I was making the, fun of you guys. You and I are on the same page when it comes to the Lakers bench, and I think mm-hmm. when, when we're just looking at this series... Yeah, it, it's no problem. I mean, the Lakers have the two best players on the court. Correct. That's the only thing that matters in this particular series. But moving forward, I, I have tremendous problems with this Lakers roster right. because I mean, if if that's all you have is LeBron and AD, and you don't know who's going to show up, yeah, to, to put in some some work uh, as far yeah. as the third wheel is concerned, you're going to have some issues moving yeah, forward. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of issues because AD is not going to put up the amount of points every game. We know this. We've seen that before. He does not con- consistent in his scoring. Andre Drummond is probably not going to be the guy scoring 15 more points. Schroeder, for God's sake, got 24 points, and we know that's not going to be the case going forward. He's not going to be consistent scoring. He has to score 20-plus in order to make up for that bench. Yeah, and so my other point that I want to throw throw out there about Schroeder is that I'm sure you guys have already heard this, but Schroeder is playing for a max contract right now. And so his issue right now is, like, he wants as many points as possible – he wants to hog the ball as much as possible. That That's a big problem moving forward in the playoffs because he needs to think about playing in, in a team format right now, and that's not what's on his mind. He's trying to earn that max contract, and that's, that's going to be another problem that the Lakers are going to have to try to overcome as we move forward. How is that guy even eligible for a max contract? I mean, he's had, a, he's had a good career. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's played with some good, he, decent teams, and he's performed pretty decent. I wouldn't say great by any means, but so after what you guys are seeing so far, though, who do you have winning in this uh, matchup? As far as you know, here the finish is going to finish up here in about a week. Yeah, so. that's that's a good question. I mean, I, I've got the Lakers in seven. I, I think it's going to be a longer series than people think. And Tanner, I'm interested to see how many games you think this series is going to go. I'd say it has to go seven. It's just has to. You think to. it's going to go seven? It okay. has to go seven in order for the Lakers to win. It has yeah. to go seven. Yeah. Uh, if Booker can finally turn on that heel mentality, the guy, I'm going to destroy you because I can, and we know he has the ability, but he's not going to. That's the issue. You're not going to see Booker score 40, 50 points like he should on this team. If he does that, Lakers don't stand a chance. 
Yeah, and so. I, I don't care how many games this goes. The Phoenix Suns are completely done here. And it goes back to what we said about CP3 having his injury problems. Yes. I mean, if this guy was going to win a conference championship, it would have happened with the Rockets when they were very close to beating the Warriors. With Harden. And just Joe. a couple of years back. And for me, I mean, at CP3's age, if it didn't happen then, it sure as fuck isn't going to happen now. And well, so, not, not if you're getting hurt in the playoffs. No. you got to be on the court. You are an essential to this Phoenix Suns team. Yeah. And if you're not on the court just to help Booker out, to help DeAndre Ayton out, to facilitate, be the veteran guy that you are on that court – you're not it doesn't it doesn't matter what happens with LeBron and AD. Yeah. Because nobody else is going to do that on that team. So, just to be clear out there, if you guys are betting on this series, we're going Lakers all the way. It doesn't matter how many games it I takes. I'm surprised um, though with that with what you guys are saying just cuz keep in mind that the Phoenix did have the second best record in the league. Correct. Um, so but I CP think, was healthy too. Right, he was healthy throughout the whole thing. I don't think the Phoenix is done necessarily. I think they definitely have a shot still. Um, so, Yanni, you guys are basically well, saying it's over. That's but why we put it at seven, though, seven games, because they do I, have I a do shot. think it goes to seven games yeah. on this, for sure. But I, I still think that Phoenix is not done by any means. I think they still have a shot to, you know, get, get come back. Yeah, it's kind of like one-to-one right now. The series it's kind of like the, those of you who have been watching the NBA for a few years, we've kind of seen this movie before when Steve Nash won the MVP two years in a row, and they were the number one seed. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> they got they they didn't do shit in the playoffs, so it's kind of like now they're the number two seed. It's kind of like yeah, we've seen this movie before, and now we've got CP3 sitting in there, and he's old as shit. And we just, I mean, I don't even know if he's gonna play this whole series. I mean, if he keeps getting banged up like that, yeah. And then you got DeAndre Ayton. I mean, this is only what his second or third year in the league. I mean, he's and, and he's going against the likes of Andre Drummond, AD, and uh, 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 give me the, the other tall guy who's on the bench, uh, Marcus All. Marcus All. Marcus you're, you're going to go against all these those those three vets. At one time, being such a young guy. Yeah, and I'm glad you threw Gasol into the mix because that's that's kind of the dynamic that we're looking at Correct. here. We have a team that is old as dirt versus the team that is young as dirt, and not very. Yeah, in the I mean, it's, it's kind of hard. I understand that we don't know which way it's going to go, but I'm going to take LeBron James. Uh, he's going to take this series to the bank, in yeah. my opinion. I right. just hope that you know LaFlop doesn't have any more LaFake injuries. You know, so that's real, what I mean. Real quick, about Le- I got to defend LeBron real quick. LaFake. You know that MJ would take advantage of all these flopping rules in order to win. Right? Mm, I don't know about you that. You know I that. I don't know if that's the case necessarily. I think LeBron is a great actor for sure. Has some of his, you he know, knows how to get the calls. SJW things. He knows how to done. get the calls. He's, he's getting great at acting. MJ would be doing too. the same his thing. His virtue signals you guys are just know as good this. as his acting skills on the court. That's so. all I'm going to put out there. You know, like Tanner said, tall guy, put ball and hoop. So that is <laughs> the game of the week still. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I don't think that I would ever see MJ start flopping. That that was not his In order mentality. to get the W, he would. No, I don't think he would. That that was never his mentality oh, quick, to flop. Quick uh, fact real quick, guys. I did ask. So I got. I actually brought my Alexa back up at home um, just so I can kind of keep track in the morning, you know, ask what sports went on the previous night, you know, when I went to fall asleep. Um, I did ask, ask Alexa. Who's better, Kobe Bryant or LeBron James? What do you think Alexa said? Well, I think Alexa is, is probably biased, and I would say that Alexa said LeBron James. LeBron James is Of course better. she did. Now, I asked her, who's better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Mm. 
What, what do you? What's your guess? I'm going to go. Alexa said LeBron James. Michael, Michael Jordan. Alexa said Michael Jordan. Wow, I'm shocked. Yeah. Well, it's also a computer, so they go by statistics. Right. Between the uh, all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced about that. Hey, but that's that's hey, a good right. sign. Alexa says Michael Jordan is the best. It's a so. good sign in the world if Alexa says that Jordan is the GOAT. So you guys are, you guys are being that goofy out. already. It's a good sign. I need to talk about something very serious right now. And like I said of our sign out front, we have a big old Julio out there. And uh, so if you're following along on the YouTube land out there, you can see this live. Or not live, I guess. We'll, we'll be not be live for a while, but um, Julio Jones obviously had a uh, quick conversation with Shannon Sharp, and it's been known he's probably wanted to leave Atlanta for a while. Uh, I think Julio Jones is without a doubt a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He is, uh, you know, top ten all time probably. If you want to really get down to the nitty gritty of the whole thing of his statistics and what he's done throughout his career consistently, uh, the level he plays at is amazing. I, I'm a huge Julio Jones fan. Always have been. I think he's a spectacular player. Uh, this past season, uh, I think, you know, he did have an injury, of course. I think that he could have come back, actually, from his injury throughout the year, but there was no point in pushing it when you had a crappy Atlanta Falcons team who wasn't going to go to the playoffs anyway. And so I think, you know, Julio Jones finished off the year with 51 catches, 771 yards, and just three touchdowns. But Julio Jones wants out. He wants to go somewhere that's going to be a winner, somewhere that's going to be a contender. Uh, Shannon Sharp told him, do not go to Dallas if you want to be a winner. And so I thought that was pretty funny. But that's blatantly obvious. I think that, you know, it would be smart of Atlanta, a team that's uh, at the moment not going anywhere. Uh, let's, let's face it. When you got the, uh, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in your division and you got the New Orleans Saints, who I think are still a good team right now, mm-hmm. um, in general, you're just you're not going to be winning a whole lot of anything in the next coming There's years. There's not a lot of promise right now. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta. I think if you're Atlanta, just do a rebuild. You know, Matt Ryan's not going to be happy. Well, you, you, get, you got a new coach, right? New GM. Yeah, like you are pretty much pushing the reset button. It's, it's time to reset, and it's time to get what you can for Julio Jones. And if I'm Atlanta, unfortunately, I gotta let him go. He wants to be out anyway. He wants to go somewhere else and try to win games. And there's a list that Sports Illustrated put out actually recently of their top teams destinations for Julio Jones. And I'm gonna be curious what you guys have to think about some of these on the list here. Uh, number one, they have the New England Patriots as Julio Jones' number one destination, pe- teaming up with Cam Newton. And also that tight end duo, which would be pretty sexy with Johnny Smith on there as well. So uh, Hunter Henry, of course, Johnny Smith together. So and Nelson Aguilar is also on that team still. So <laughs> uh, number two, though, which would be the most scary to me and would make them a more legitimate team is the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos number two on the list. Uh, pairing him with Jerry Judy would be amazing, and it would also help Teddy? guys like Teddy, Teddy, Andrew Julio. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Teddy, Teddy, you know, can make some damage happen. Maybe. I think it would give Drew Locke a chance to actually prove, you know, what he's capable of. You got Cortland Sutton, obviously, Jerry yeah. Judy, and they got uh, a great Noah Fant tight end. Uh, Tim, Tim. Tim, right? Tim, uh, the Rod receiver? Yeah. Right? Who had, he actually had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, he yeah, did do well. you got that as well, too, I guess. Yeah, that would be a good core of receivers. Like, that would without about be good. I don't know if that's where he wants to go. I think he would like to go to the Baltimore Ravens. If you had the choice, just be, or Titans, you know, A.J. Brown's over there. No, he's recruiting hard, man. For uh, Julio to come along. He actually uh, sent him a DM in his Instagram recently. So. Oh, A.J. sitting here. I mean, he's pushing, too. He made uh, even graphics with Julio in, in him already. Yeah. Like, now, that would be pretty nasty to have, uh, you know, Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in the league, and then you go ahead and pair A.J. Brown with 
Julio Jones. That's I mean, that would make them without a doubt the <laughs> AFC champion or AFC championship contender. You know, with the Chiefs, obviously, um, right away, without a doubt. So, uh, <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on Julio Jones and his potential landing spots? Are the Chiefs a spot for the for Julio Jones to land at all? Is there any chance at all that Brett Veach gets out there, makes a move to get Julio, and how does he do it? Like, do we have the cap room to make it happen? Yeah, no fucking way he's going to the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> and part of that is just the fact that the Chiefs don't really need him. And, you know, Julio's a great player, and I would love to see him on the Chiefs. I mean, that would make us basically unstoppable. But I'm looking at the odds here, and the only game that the Chiefs aren't favored to win for the entire season is Week 2 at the Ravens, which is a pick game. And not a single road team is favored to beat the Chiefs and, and for the whole season. And so I'm looking yeah. at those odds, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, we don't really need Julio Jones with those odds kind of in our favor. The Chiefs are favored in every game this year, as a matter of fact, so far. The last I yeah. checked, the, the Ravens game is a pick em. Really? But, you know, they should have a three-point spread there since they are hosting the home. game. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the Chiefs are favored in every game. Um, I, I would love to see it as a Chiefs fan, but like I said, they don't they don't need him. Uh, my my favorite landing spot, though, for sure, has got to be New England, just because they have the tight ends that you mentioned. They have Nelson Assholer. You mispronounced his name, Mike. That was my bad. Uh, they also have Kendrick Bourne. They have the cap space to sign Julio, and I think it's a good fit. And the reason why I like New England the best is because I do think that Julio Jones, at his age, he's going to get injured again, which will in turn help the Chiefs in the playoffs. I think my second best choice would be the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, the Ravens, they already see more unique defensive looks than any other team. And if they were to add Julio Jones, I think that would open up that offense a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I think... He's I think got he would it. hate that. I mean, I just think being on I that just, kind of team, I think Julio would get frustrated. I just don't like, yeah, with that passing like he, game. A lot of our receivers already struggle, and they right. say they're. He's struggling. not going to put up numbers in Baltimore. I'll put it that no. way. He wouldn't put up numbers, but at the same time, I mean, when you're looking at this from the Ravens' perspective, they've got to get better. They've they've got to figure out a way to compete well, with the Chiefs. Sammy Watkins is going to get injured again, so we already know <laughs> exactly. How that goes. So at least if you've got Sammy Watkins and Julio Jones. If you get lucky, maybe only one of those motherfuckers gets injured, and then you still have a good receiver on your team. Sure. I'd be scared sure. of going to the Chargers, you know? Put Julio on the, with Keenan Allen and, oh, and, Herbert? and Herbert together. I mean, that would be pretty crazy. Mm. Like, I don't know That's if that would be fun. To, to, really, anything in the AFC West, I don't want to deal. I don't want to see him go to the, you know, the Raiders. Yeah. I want to see him go to the Chargers or the Broncos, obviously. But the Chargers would be scary with a pair of Keenan Allen that, and Julio Jones together. That, that is, would be kind of crazy. That's a team on the list still. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess my main thing with Julio is that like he's been in the league for a while now. I just want him to see. I want to see him go out with a bang. Like I yeah. want to. I want to see him have a great year. Like everybody always bitches about him not scoring any touchdowns, touchdowns. when we're in fantasy and all that <laughs> yep. bullshit. But I, I just want to see him have a good year, one good solid year to go no. out to go out on for his and, career. And no, the chief, like you said, the Chiefs do not need Julio Jones by any means right now. Right, they don't need him, no. but I mean, if I would love to have him on the team. That would be like is it, you're automatically in the Super am Bowl. I, are people gonna hate it? No, they're not, because obviously a couple of things have gotten done. Tyron Matthew got extended, 
some other cat move happens, right? So Veach would have to kind of work around some of that and get some other actions done before that happened. But you guys got to think about it too with the Chiefs. Uh, also, another reason we don't need it is we got McCall, we got Mikol uh, Hardman, who probably be our number two this year. We got Cornell Powell, Brian Pingle uprising as well. Uh, Fortunately, like Mahomes is going to be protected enough to make these guys look really great. That's what I'm excited about. And of course, you got Tyree yeah. Kill at number one. This this should be the year of Pringle having a uh, breakout season, I think. But hey. I do get scared of the the idea of a offense without Tyree Kill because if you take it away, oh, you're a, then just work, you're just just working with a guys like Miko Hardman who's not proven himself. Charles Kelsey. You know, I, but I'm just talking about receivers here, <laughs> oh, Tanner. Okay, but yeah. you know, then you're looking at literally Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson, and and uh, Byron Pringle being your receivers if something catastrophic happened to Tyree Kill this year. And, you know, I don't want to deal with that. That doesn't sound appealing to me whatsoever. No. If you added Julio to the mix, that gives you a little more security as if there is an injury that could happen. Julio, and, if he plays a full season, is going to put up 90 yeah, catches and, and 1,300 and yards. And the way the Chiefs air out the ball with Patrick Mahomes, like I'm pretty sure Julio will get plenty of catches. Oh, he'd get tons. Catches. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league with a you know top eight receiver. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, Julio well, puts up numbers. What, what are you going to do? Who are you going to double team? Tyree Kill? All right, you leave two other it guys would be, It would honestly be the best know? offense of all time. Right, so let's let's dig into this a little bit deeper here. So what would you guys be willing to give up? Because I've heard that it's going to be a second-round pick and a couple other players. So would you, be, would you be willing to give up that 2022 second-round pick? Screw it. And Without a, a doubt. You know, you know how late that second-round pick is going to be anyway? That's going to be around don't, 60. Throw in the 23 first pick and something else. I'm, I don't even care. Like, I would I would give up honestly to have Julio. I would give up Larry Duvernay Tardif. Actually, I think he might have no trade clause in his contract. Yeah, I think he does. I would give up a uh, offensive lineman. You know, okay. maybe a backup at this point. Well, right, because there's guys a battling. potential starter. There's sure. guys battling right. right now, obviously for positions. But like, I would look at the offensive line and see that there's right now a plethora of offensive linemen plethora. on on the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the team. <laughs> I get you, you every guys, time. You guys love that. You guys love that shit. And, uh, you know, I think I would definitely give up that. And I would, gi- I would give up even the first-round pick for Julio Jones. And he's only you know going to be 32 years old in the season, which for a receiver is of, of his athletic ability, I don't care. I mean, the guy is a consistent year-to-year producer, and he's had to deal with Matt Ryan his whole career. And so put him with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Jesus, his, his numbers would be ridiculous. So I mean, they already are ridiculous. But the passing game but... would be unstoppable. You have the best yeah. tight end in the league. You have the fastest receiver in the league. Then you have a Hall of Fame, you know, top ten receiver of all time. Yeah, that, that makes you uh, the best offense maybe yeah, ever. Yeah, just say RIP to all AFC teams. Like, let's yeah. just stoop the Super Bowl. It'd be nuts. And that's another, you know, this is off topic, but I saw someone put out a list that maybe Todd Gurley could be, be go to the Chiefs, I think, at some point. So, all right. That, that'd be kind of too. So, real quick. My stretch, I have a stretch of where Julio might land, right? This isn't even on the list. None of the lists that you guys even saw. Is this a dark horse? This is a dark horse. And I got a team that's made a lot of moves recently within the last two years. Arizona Cardinals, guys. Mm. Arizona Cardinals. That'd be pretty sick. DeAndre Hopkins has already reached out to him as well. He did. So Cardinals, right, recently they just just signed J.J. Watt. They got Malcolm Butler on the defense this last spring. They got signed Matt Prater to special teams to improve uh, that part. 
Uh, and then you have DeAndre Hopkins, and you want Julio to come pair with DeAndre Hopkins with a Kyler Murray who's in his, what are we on, third? It'll be his third year coming third up. Third year? Mm-hmm. And who's always increased. So, yeah, like, If you paired Hopkins with Julio, and, those are two of the yeah. top in the league. And AZ made moves on the offensive side because they got mm-hmm. Rodney Hudson from the for Vegas pretty mm-hmm. much for free. That's a team on the And rise. AJ Green. Oh, that's right. I forgot about AJ hey, Green. Yeah, I did too, actually. Did you realize AJ Green and Julio came out in the same class? Obviously, so mm-hmm. like that'd be nuts to see them like, all paired how together. How crazy would that that wide receiver? Like, I could see Arizona doing this because they still like have a, to get past the likes of Seattle, and they had to get past the likes of the Rams. It's who like an all pro team, right there. If you, like, if you, if AJ Green was ever in his prime, you know, at that point, or hey, you know, I think we, them. I think we always say that division is the best in football, and this would, this is what they need to do to get. Bat, to get into the playoffs to win that division. I think it's the most diverse in, the, in all in all the football for sure because every year you got a different team prevailing because yeah. and who's what 49ers Arizona, will be this year if they can they'll, stay they'll improve 49ers will improve off those injuries they uh, had last year and all that I, kind of I can see that happening well that's very intriguing Tanner but my question to you would be if they do get Julio Jones on the Arizona Cardinals would that be enough to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because if not, then potentially yes. What's the point in doing uh, it? I think so. I think, I think it's possible. I think so. I think, that I think could, that they, could, they could compete with the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. Yeah. Wow, that's a very sexy pick. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. That'd be cool. I don't know. I would, I'm I just throwing it. it out there. Some guys yeah. are big, making big baller moves there in Arizona. But here's the here's the deal, you guys. Um, we have someone that's a little unhappy in Green Bay right now. Now, do you think adding Julio Jones to the Green Bay Packers would be something that would make this said person a little happier to where he'd want to stay in Green Bay? I don't think so because it's not about the players he plays with. It's not about the coaching staff. So Green Bay is on the list, actually, of teams that could potentially trade for Julio Jones, but they got bigger problems right now. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is not too happy with their organization. He made some weird comments that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, He kind of beat around the bush a little bit with some of the things he was saying. He was just talking about how Green Bay's always been a, a you know team based around the people, the people, the, the people, people, and kept yes. saying that over and over again. And I, all he was referring to at the end of the day was the current state of management within the organization. Correct. He's unhappy with that. He's unhappy. But here's the thing: I don't, I still don't get it. You and I talked about this the other week, Tanner. Is that Aaron Rodgers? You were just in the NFC Championship game, and you barely lost. You know, I probably you know a little it's, fluky, of course, yeah. to uh, the Tampa Buccaneers. It's like, okay, if you had gone to the Super Bowl and then beat the Chiefs, would you still be whining like this? He, I don't actually, know. See, see, here's the thing, though. With with his comments and everything going on, he said it himself. He loves the coaching staff. He, yeah. he loves he, Jordan he loves Love. Jordan Love. He loves the players. Mm-hmm. But it's something to do within that front office organization. And I think they've always had an issue with that. Because I'm pretty sure Brett Favre had an issue with that as well mm-hmm. during his time. Sure. And yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is just tired of it. I don't think it's necessarily a weapons deal, as many people uh, speculated. Yeah. I think it's a morale. I think it's Aaron Rodgers is like, you guys aren't good people. And I don't really want to him maybe yeah. at this point. Like you're not either they're not communicating, they're not something on the relationship level has gotten out of hand. And I think that's the issue. I don't think necessarily it's getting big weapons like a Julio or anything like that. I think All it's right. the way maybe they handle he it did, in the front. He just office. won the MVP. Yeah. Like the guy that's not the guy's not descending. It's not like Ben Roethlisberger or anything. Mm-hmm. Like you got the guy that went back to back title games, won the MVP. 
who has the guy performs every year. But can this not be repairable? Is the like, thing like if you give him a Julio Jones, will you quit bitching? Basically, what, is what my point. is the front office doing? How are you guys not treating Aaron Rodgers like a king in the front office? Well, they should be, of course. I mean, obviously, Kansas City treats Patrick right? Mahomes like a king, don't they? Like you get rid of Aaron Rodgers, you're not a contender. <laughs> you're not a contender at Green Bay. I, I think it is a repairable situation, but. If I could give a bit of advice to Aaron Rodgers, when you're a guy that just won the MVP of the league, you have nothing to prove to anybody. And so if if you've got issues with the philosophy or the front office, I mean, he, he's kind of trying to say it like it's not an issue with them. He says it's an issue about the philosophy. But when you're the MVP of the league, you can kind of do whatever you want. Am I am I right? I mean, yeah, you should. So you have full access, man. <laughs> if, if I could give him a bit of advice here, get the hell out of there. And if I was in his shoes, and this probably won't happen, I would wait. I would I would deliberately lie to the GM and say yes, I'm going to stay. If you get Julio Jones, they trade for Julio Jones and then get the fuck out of there just to butt fuck them in the ass because that's how shitty of a roster they've had over the past few years. And so I've said this from the beginning of the year. I hope that he comes to the AFC West. And at this point, I don't care if it's the Broncos or the Raiders. I want the best for his career. And I hope he's listening to me right now because he's not going to do shit with that organization. That's just my feeling. You guys can disagree with me if you want. He's not going to do shit over there. And when you're the MVP of the league, you call the shots. It's not the general manager. But why do you think he's not going to do shit if he had a you know successful season, obviously, got to the NC Championship game, lost to the greatest quarterback of all time, and that ended up preventing him from going to the Super Bowl? I mean, he could have been, at that point, uh, you know, got with you know, the Favre legacy at that point of going to two Super Bowls, at least in Green Bay, and, you know, he just didn't get it done. Tom Brady came back in that game. We, I think uh, you and I probably watched that game together even at the end of the game, standing outside of Twin Peaks. I mean, uh, I I'm, just, the whole thing. I'm just looking at it from his perspective. If the Bucks have reloaded, you're not going to win the NFC. I mean, you're better off going to the AFC. I mean, even if you don't beat Mahomes, at least you screwed the Packers over and, you know, didn't give them a chance to win anything because, gosh, when was his last Super Bowl? 2010? What has that organization done in the last 10 years? They haven't done Nothing. shit. So well, if, they don't if I'm do the MVP agency. of they the league, they don't do free agency. They only draft. I'll, that's my only point. If I'm the MVP of the league, they haven't done shit for me in 10 years. I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm still confused why he's upset, though, because he obviously he has Devontae Adams, who had an amazing season. I'm telling season. you, it's not the weapons. Well, that's the other thing. So what's the, not he the wants weapon. to take. He wants to take Devontae Adams with him. Yeah, Sure, he would love the, that. The problem is the people. It's the people in the front office. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's so but when it comes him, down to Sunday and you're playing the football game, why no, does that matter? So I think he'll play, right? I think he'll play for Green Bay, but the front office relationship is broken and something needs to happen with the front office. That's the reason why he's upset is because he has guys in that front office he's, that aren't caring either about the players, the coaches, or the team as they should. Right, they so got They got more going. Like, we're on. not talking about the Bengals, you guys. That's a trash no. organization. The Packers, at least, are successful consistently. Yes, it's mostly due to Aaron Rodgers being on the team. It is, but Aaron Rodgers at the same the same team. time, like this team is successful consistently Look, every single year. If you, it, when you go to work, if you your boss is bad, right? Let's say you have a horrible boss. Do you really want to perform for that boss? No, but is my business successful? 
Is your best? Yeah. Really, let's say your best is successful. Mm-hmm. But I your can't boss stand is the boss. horrible. His everything about him is horrible, right? Like his mm-hmm. all his uh, t- uh, demeanor, his everything's horrible in the yeah, office. It definitely, but your business is successful. Are right. you really wanting to be motivated, or like, hey, you know, this is a really great concept, but this guy's got it. It can affect morale. And maybe at the end of the day, here's the thing. He's a sensitive guy, and maybe he's not feeling heard. Maybe he's he wants to have more input in the organization of their yeah. their situ their decisions. Yeah, and they're not willing to listen because he's a quarterback and they're the owners. Obviously, you know? something's wrong in the front office because you don't have yeah. you don't have I mean, a. There might be they might be buttholes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they very well might be. I still think that though, at the end of the day, it's like Rogers. I mean, you don't own the team. You're not the GM of the team. Let but those guys team. let those That's guys run the, run it the way they want to run it. You keep trying to go to the Super Bowl, so and, which you almost did. So you get players that are dedicated, right? So like Mahomes with the Chiefs, uh, you know, you had LeBron with many of his teams, MJ with the Bulls, right? MJ said, "Screw it, you want to screw me over? Screw it, I'll retire." Right? Oh yeah. Why? Why is a Rod? A Rod can p- players can care about their teams, mm-hmm. especially successful players such as MJ, and they can you know they don't get the change they want or change that oh. the potential franchise needs. Yeah, why? I think Rogers wants to go to. Why Denver. can't people care? Well, here's the thing, Mike. I'm not going to argue with you that the Packers are a good organization, but my issue is like when you're in Aaron Rodgers' shoes, who are you going to be compared to? You are yeah. going to be compared to Tom Brady in your era and Peyton Manning. Well, what the fuck did Peyton Manning do? He was washed up like a motherfucker. Won a Super Bowl. He went Couple to the Broncos Beat and won a Super records. Bowl. Because lot, the team actually gave a shit. Came back from a broken neck. And built built a championship team around him. So if, if you're in Aaron Rodgers' shoes, you got to be sitting there thinking to yourself, well, why the fuck wouldn't I do that? And you can go to the Broncos. You can go to the Raiders. You can go to a lot of other places. Why would you sit there uh, in the Packers organizations where we, you know, we all agree that that's a good organization, but... That's where I always come back to the point where if you're going to be an all-time great, you have to be great and not good. So you've got shitty organizations in the NFL, and you have good organizations, and then you have great. So Aaron Rodgers is trying to take that next step from a good organization to a great organization. Because if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't take that last step, I mean... We're going to be looking at Aaron Rodgers like 10, 15 years from now and saying, well, fuck, he's only got one Super Bowl ring and Peyton Manning had two. I mean, he was not that great. He's not he, as great as he, we he, thought that People he don't was. dig into the details. They just look at the top line. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see how this all unfolds. And I'm, I think that uh, Rodgers obviously does want out. I think he even made a tweet on draft day about wanting to, uh, you know, think about the mile high air, something of the weather, weather being beautiful in Denver, or something along those lines. Was a tweet from his uh, official Twitter account. I still felt like he was having fun that day. Um, he probably was, <laughs> but I think he also wants to actually leave Green Bay. Well, yeah, um, well, so, with the front office right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not very happy about everything, but it's still it's hard for you as an organization to want to give up, and the amount he's going to have to ask for in return, like. You're Green Bay, like you're going to be getting, you know, at least two first round picks, maybe more, as well as something else in addition. You know, Denver obviously has a guy like Teddy or Drew Locke on the on the team right now, who would have to come probably in a package to be brought over as a backup potentially with Green Bay. Give them both. They can have uh, Drew yeah, Locke yeah. and Teddy. I agree. That'd be scary, but it would also also make the division more fun. It would make the it Broncos really 
for the first time in six years, actually relevant. Yes, uh, and I so still maintain, cool. I still maintain that if they can make that deal happen, if I can see Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos and Deshaun Watson on the Raiders, it'll be the best day of my life. <laughs> We're going back to this. Best day of my We're life because, you know what? Pat- Patrick Mahomes will be the greatest player in the league, but he will be the mo- also the most battle-tested player in yeah. the league, and that's what we want when we go into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that'd be very exciting. Every single matchup within this division would be nuts because you got Herbert, obviously, and then imagine adding another quarterback like oh, yeah. a Watson or like Herbert's a, a fucking superstar. I mean, mm-hmm. he's be, already a superstar. That'd be nuts. This is a good division already in general, but if you added something like that, then it'd be off the top. Pretty for sure. insane. Uh, so, with that said, you guys, we're going to transition real quick over to a little roles discussion before we kick back over to the, some NBA talk, but. Uh, you know, last time you and I talked here, or we all talked actually a couple weeks ago, I told you guys I was done with the Royals. I, I said that they're they're done. I still <laughs> trash. They're hey, done. I stick by that. That eleven game losing streak tells me everything I need to know about this team. And you know, even though it, it happened I, in May, man, I don't care when it May. happened. Good teams don't lose eleven games in a row. They do and it all the time. Yes, the, the the Royals are currently sitting at five hundred. They're playing a game right now as we speak. So we'll see if they end up pulling this one out against the Rays. Um, but I will say, you know, that game the other day with Carlos Santana hitting a walk-off home run in the ninth inning was pretty cool. That definitely, you know, made me, you know, stand up and cheer again for the first time in a while about something like that. That was a great ending. Um, I think that obviously the, the offense is still having some issues with guys like Hunter Dozier and Jorge Soler. Uh, those well, Hunter guys, Dozier's still out. Can we? Okay, oh, yeah, Dozier's been out for a while. Yeah, he's, he's still he's down hurt since, since that uh, collision. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a. Oh, he was he was in AAA. I think he had a couple. He's got to recover. Yeah, he should be back. So too. He, he'll be back eventually, but yeah. I don't know if he's going to come back and you know make an impact or not like he could. But obviously, Pori Soler has been an issue uh, when it comes to his one job, and that's hitting home runs. Because we don't we don't have Soler on the team to like be a great defender or like you know hit gap to gap. Like you're on the team to hit bombs, and you're batting 176 right now. That's not good. Like you got four Sounds bombs like a home on the year. <laughs> that's that's not good. Like that's not going to win us games. And luckily, we've got other guys making up for it in certain aspects. Like you know, Ben Attendees came around finally, and he's been playing better. Uh, Perez has nine home runs on the year, and Santana has ten. So, so Salvador Perez is how far he has six yeah. hits and seven in, in, within the last seven days. So yeah, I've, I've loved and leading the team. Like, Absolutely. I just I don't know if this is still going to be a team that's going to do much. Um, obviously, Danny Duffy is, is, is out. out for a while. Um, Kyle Zimmer, don't really know Tanner, but. He's got three wins and a two point six five ERA on the season. So and he came back last week on our show, and I called mm-hmm. uh, called that out, saying he is going to help boost that bullpen. So. so there is some good things, and obviously everyone likes Brady Singer. You know, the young up and coming star. Love Brady Singer. Uh, he's a guy I think, as time goes on, could be something to be reckoned with. Uh, but in general, how you guys feeling? What's the state of the Royals in your guys' mind? I mean, I'm coming around a little bit. You guys know me. I, I picked them to be under 500 when we had our predictions at the beginning of the year. So I, I changed my mind on that. I do think they'll be above 500. So you and I flipped. <laughs> we flipped, yep. And uh, I look at the Royals. They're only four games out of first place. And mm-hmm. the I think it was a big game for them to put a stop to the Rays' 11-game winning streak. Yeah, that was huge. more importantly is that Adalberto Mondesi is back. And so you're sitting there, you're only four games out of first, and Benintendi is starting to turn things around. I remember at the beginning of the year, Mike, or maybe when we first made that trade for Benintendi, 
we were live on the show mm-hmm. and we both looked down at his average last year and we both shit our pants. Well, we right. couldn't believe it. We didn't have context <laughs> of over the whole, You guys didn't do too I mean, much research at the time. No, that was either. live during the show. Right, so so just in your defense. Yeah, but now all of a sudden he's got the best fucking average on the team at 283 and it's like, okay, he, he he's a little bit better than we thought he was. Brad Keller, as I told you guys, would turn he would turn it around. He would get his ERA down. Now it's down to 5.7. Which was, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say what his ERA was at the beginning of the year, but so Brad Keller turned it around, and uh, you know, I'm a believer here. When you're only four, four, four man. when you're only four fucking games out of first, anything can happen, and so it's wide open. I am definitely going with the over. Mike and I are switch positions from the, what we said at the beginning of the year, and I've got the Royals winning the division. Yeah, baseball's mm. a, I'm saying I, fuck I do it. Have baseball's fuck a tricky They're going to win the division. Man. I do have something I want to say out of positive here for sure is that I think the Royals finally figured out, which we all knew this, their closer is Josh Stalmont. Correct. I think, you know, that was something they, they played around with Wade Davis, you know, in the beginning of the year, played around with Greg Holland a little bit, whatever. Like, Josh Stalmont should have always been the closer all along, and he's now got five saves on the season so far. So I think they're finally figuring out, okay, this guy's actually got some fire. And uh, should be the closer throughout the rest of the year, in my opinion. Correct. Yeah, I'm I'm all for Stamont staying in that uh, closing spot too. Use him when you're up. So last seven days, guys. Right, we talked about the previous seven days, and we was not very good. We are four and one in the last seven days. That's a winning record again, right? We were winning record last time. Winning record again. We had wins. Uh, we had series wins against Milwaukee, Detroit, and now we're playing the Rays, and we're already one up on the series there. So let's if we can beat. Tampa, uh, this series, I love our future in the next week or so. Right? Keller, you mentioned he's four and four. Four and four, man. And he's improved the last couple weeks. So we are, he is progressing. He's figuring stuff out. We could be seeing a five and four Keller by the time we talk next week. Yeah. When you're sitting there as Brad Keller, you got a four and four record. And at the beginning of the year, your ERA was basically one. 150 or whatever the fuck it was i mean you gotta have, you gotta be building some confidence mm-hmm. at this point in your season and i think you did it so we, we finally beat the bad teams detroit detroit was a bad team that swept us during the 11 game losing streak and that team should not be sweeping us at all right it was an unfortunate time but we got our wins the goal isn't to win every game the goal is to win the series you win series stats add up we get into first place, right? So the offense is figuring stuff out. I feel like pitch and staff is starting to figure stuff out. We got Alberto Montesi back. He's actually a week early than I th- I predicted last week. And I'm okay with that. He went two for four yesterday. Uh, and, of course, he's a much-needed uh, bat in that lineup, with especially Nicky Lopez hopefully sitting out from now on because we don't need Nicky in there anymore. And, I mean, just the guy on the bases. When the guy gets on the base, he's a threat. He's yeah. a threat to steal. Another thing is, too, is you got basically the best player in the league who's not playing right now, Mike Trout. So that that kind of evens it out for the rest of the, (laughs) especially the American League. You know, Mike Trout, he's not even fucking playing right now. No, he's hurt. It's like that gives everybody a little bit better chance to to do better. Right. Well, I do have good news. At least uh, the current score of us, if you're 
following along. It's one to one, bottom of the ninth, it looks like. Uh, so the score is tied. We'll see if they end up going bottom to extras. Bottom of the ninth? One to one? Correct. Correct. Run wow. to one to one, bottom of the ninth. So it's a tie So game we were moment, losing. So. so now I need to do my voodoo magic and tell you how shitty the Royals are. Correct. Yes. In this Correct. Show. Yeah, they uh, suck. Jake Brents is pitching right now oh. with no outs. And so we'll see how that, that turns scary. out as uh, we, so, we follow along here. So real quick, I just want to talk about what what's to upcome this next week before we talk again, guys, right? So we got two more with Tampa, including tonight's. We move on to the Twins, which is going to be a huge series beginning next week. We have to win that series. That will even put us – we might be tied for first place when we talk next. And then we end in Pittsburgh uh, same day that we – uh, talk next Wednesday. So hopefully we can capitalize, win the series against the Rays here, and take the Twins. I'd, I'd even take a sweep on the Twins. That'd be great. That'd be fabulous. And then let's let's hopefully we can take, take down Pittsburgh, who is not a good team. No, Pittsburgh so. fucking sucks, but more importantly is the fact that, you know, it, it was kind of a cliche, all these guys, they always say, oh, we're going to take it one game at a time. No, no. That's not a cliche, guys. That's what these professional players exactly. think. That is their mindset. It's a and if reset we can, and go. Yeah, and if, if the Royals can do that after going through that rough patch that they had, I, I think we we could have a, a pretty bright spot coming up in the season. Correct. Yeah, Correct. so we'll follow along with the Royals as time goes, obviously. I mean, um, I'm hoping I'm Solid wrong trend. about my switch up, and I hope Jason's right. So we'll see. I'm just, I've lost a little bit of faith, and I hope that kind of like they can switch it up. I've lost faith in Doge. Yeah, and I oh, told you guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, he lost different. faith. He lost faith. <laughs> no, in... it's not that. No, wait, it's not that wait, I lost wait, wait, faith wait. in it. The, the most Doge. important thing is that you lost faith in Hunter Dozier. <laughs> well, I did lose faith, the faith in Hunter Dozier for sure because he just is not good. Just if you, if you talk shit on him, he might start hitting better. Yeah, yeah. that's your job, uh, Jason. He, he needs to. I mean, with that 139 or whatever average in, in the MLB is not good. Oh, that's, so. that's not good. But uh, for whatever reason, you guys, you guys wanted to talk about Steph and uh, Kevin Durant. So Steph Curry, we're switching back to basketball, by the way, for those of you in YouTube land um, following along. But uh, I just wanted to touch on a couple points here as far as these two in comparison of you guys wanted to kind of maybe have a debate over which one's better, which I'm going to let you two really take over on this one for sure. But I want to point something out to you guys. Um, All-star games, you know, Curry's only a seven compared to Durant's 11. And I think that at the end of the day, I think that's a, a big thing to look at, as well as the all-NBA team selections, where Curry has six compared to nine for Kevin Durant. Now, I think from downtown, Steph Curry is probably better. But I think Kevin Durant, I mean, if you look at his stats all-time, comparison side-by-side, side, I mean, more points per game, more rebounds per game. Um, I think in general, I think he's a better player. But I'm going to let you guys do the debate on this because I'm not the NBA experts. You guys are. Well, it's a great debate to have, and uh, you're looking at these two guys. It's Steph versus KD, and where do they rank on the all-time list of great players? And, you know, they both have three championships because KD, we all know. You're really putting over. a third already in? It's over. You're you already putting the, the third in? That's and ridiculous. In fact, I don't care how much money you guys have. You got one grand, two grand, a million bucks. Put it on the nets right now because it's over. But... More importantly, my point was is that they both, after this year, will have three championships. And you look at their numbers. KD has one league MVP. Steph has two league MVPs. Steph probably could have had a third one this year, except he lost that play-in game. Uh, you know, KD, he's got two finals MVPs. 
Steph doesn't have a finals MVP, but he does have two scoring titles. Now, Kevin Durant's got four scoring titles. He also won the Rookie of the Year. And when I'm looking at these two guys, it's like, these guys are even. Like, you know, KD is a seven-footer, and Steph is like six-foot-three. So how are we going to compare these guys? I think that if you held a gun to my head, I'm going to tell you right now that KD is the better player. But if you're not holding a gun to my head, I will tell you that Steph is the better player all time. And more importantly, they are both. Okay? You guys ready for a hot take on the show? I know you've been waiting for it. Both of these guys are better all time than LeBron James. There we go. I knew this was Better than LeBron James. And you know why that is? Because when you look at their NBA Finals record, guess what, Tanner? It's all about the record. Guess who has a winning record in the finals? Not the fact that you're in the finals every freaking year. What's the object of the game, Tanner? The object of the game is to win. So when you look at Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's got a winning record in the finals, and so does Steph Curry. And so, what does that mean when you look at a guy like they LeBron played enough James? Finals games. LeBron James, what's they he? They haven't played enough six? finals games. Kevin Durant can even get into the finals without Steph Curry. LeBron James is four oh and six God. in the finals. How did I know this was going to turn right? into a LeBron hate? Right, I knew it. It, it happens from time to time, but <laughs> so that's my hot take of the day, guys. So Steph and KD. I know we're arguing back and forth about these it's... two motherfuckers, but the most important thing is that they are both. A better player than LeBron James. That's not true. So we're right, let's Tanner, look at the numbers. But I'm so, curious, like it's about so Tanner. What's your defense against right, this? You don't you like this. Come up with some defense. I want to hear back and forth here. Well, I've, got, I I've got some more shit for you. I didn't just I've got some more shit. So are, give me your response. Let's not let Jason pummel you. I thought give me the response. I thought this was Steph versus KD, not Steph and KD versus LeBron. I tricked you. I tricked you. So now I want your response. So now you want me to all right back up stuff I don't have prep for LeBron here. LeBron's in every stupid finals. He leads teams that were shitty, a.k.a. Cleveland that one year from my, after Miami. Kyrie Irving's team, by the way. I'm going to take that in the note. Right? So he takes teams. He makes them a contender, and then he gets to the finals. And, yeah, he may not win all of them because there's other super teams out there. But you're not. it's hard to win all of them. It's hard to win all of them. That's Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady. How He didn't win all of them. Yeah. It's hard. It's Is hard. It? Is that your whole argument? What, what do you want? What do you want? Steph and KD. You just said that LeBron two... played on shitty teams. Do you have any idea how many Hall of Famers that LeBron played on in his he career compared to Michael Jordan? Good, he played with some I'm going to take this up one level. See, oh I started with God. Steph. I started with Steph and KD. Uh, then I took it up to LeBron, and now I'm taking it up to Jordan. So now you're now? trying to say how shitty of teams that LeBron played on. Do you have any idea how many Hall of Famers have played with LeBron James? Tell me, Jason. You don't want to know the Tell answer. Tell me, Jason. That. You don't want to know the answer. Tell me. No. I mean, it's just, you know, he he, he played with Kyrie Irving, who Scrub. is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And as much as you... Oh, by the way, do you know who just made the Hall of Fame? Chris Bosh. Yeah. How many people used to talk shit on Chris Bosh? He Bosch? was going to make the Hall of Fame either way. The guy was a force in Toronto. Right, but everybody said he was trash. So LeBron played with all these fucking Hall listening? of Famers. And, oh, by the way, he played in a shitty Eastern Conference. So, yeah, What's I your understand point? your argument. So your argument was that LeBron had shitty teams, which is he not did. true. But even if I agreed with you, <laughs> he was in the Eastern Conference 
which was all dog shit. The whole fucking conference was dog shit. Look, KD and who needed who more? KD needed Steph more or did Steph need KD more? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because now we're going to get back to the I'm getting back to Steph and KD. We, we got to go not, back to Steph I don't want to go one. back to this LeBron crap. Let's go back to step one. So we're going Steph versus <laughs> KD. So my whole point of this whole fucking argument is that when Clay Thompson comes back, Clay Thompson is basically the second or third best shooter of all time. When they get him back on the Warriors, what I am looking forward to is next year when the Nets play the Warriors in the finals. And then you're going to see what happens. Where's when LeBron? you've got KD, Kyrie, and Harden versus Steph and Clay and Draymond. Now, I think the Nets will win if they're healthy. Wait, that's but your this three? Is, no, this is something to look forward to No, no, to that's for your three year. for Golden State? It's Steph, Clay, and Draymond? That's your big three that's going to take down? No, they down? got Wiseman. Dude, they got Wiseman and Wiggins. I, I mean, those players aren't dog shit. Wiggins. Yeah. Wiseman's injured right now. Yeah, I know. Do you not? Are you trying to tell me that if Wiseman wasn't healthy, if Wiseman was healthy right now, they would be in the fucking playoffs, no, and he would have won they that fucking beat playoff game? They exactly. They beat Memphis. Exactly. So I'm putting Wiseman as my third guy of the big three. You don't think Golden State's going to? And I'm going to tell guy? you right the fuck now because LeBron is over the hill. AD was over the hill like five years ago when he started getting injured. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. LeBron's not going to the playoffs? Next year's finals is going to be the Nets versus the Warriors. And do you want my prediction right now? The Nets are going to win. Which is why I said that KD is a better player than Steph. But that's the only reason. I think they're pretty even right now. Like, how can you... Steph was the one that carried that Golden State team. Brought on KD. Gave KD... Gave Katie a two two championships and MVPs. Gave him gave him the chance to even have that because obviously you couldn't do it in, in uh, Oklahoma himself, right? Steph has done it in Golden State and is consistent in Golden State. The guy is Golden State at this point because we know Draymond plays defense, quote unquote, right? And Clay's hurt. Yeah, you know my favorite thing about this whole argument. Gave. My key favorite word. thing about this whole argument is that Steph has won a championship without KD. Yes. But KD has not won a championship without Steph. And no. so I do believe that's going to happen this year. I know you do. And so KD is actually chasing Steph. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. He's actually chasing he is Steph chasing right Steph. now. And, oh, by the way, Steph Curry shoots 43% for a career from three. KD shoots 38% from three. Which is actually a lot higher. So Steph is actually a slightly better player, in my opinion. But on the threes? Are you just going off the threes or what? No, because if you I'm look saying at the, the overall, overall. I'm saying overall right now. And I think okay. but but the thing of it is is like technically KD is chasing Steph right now. But I do believe that KD is gonna win a ring this year. And so when he wins that ring, then I will give it to you. KD is a better player than Steph. I just think if you look at full field goal percentage as well as blocks and rebounds, I mean, KD blows him away. Well, you got seven-footer against 6'3". 
What kind right. of what are you? So what I'm saying is like okay, I'm yeah, glad of course, you brought that up. Course, Mike. From, I'm the, glad he from the perimeter, yeah, from the perimeter, from the perimeter, of course, Steph has been. Go back has to been so which <laughs> which one of you deal, which, like, which one of you motherfuckers thinks like, that a seven Kate, footer should block more shots than a six foot three guy? <laughs> so what I'm saying yeah, that's, is, what I, that's my question. If you look because, at like the full scale, like Katie's better at the things that Steph's not as good at. Does that, does that make like any what? sense to you? I don't even know what you're talking like, about. Like, obviously, okay, so obviously they're different positions, who, who, they're different players, they do different things. Who's better at Steel? Better at Steel. Actually, they're very, very close. Right now, Steel's per game is a 1.7 for Steph, 1.1 for Kevin Why Durant. Why is that, Jason? I'm, six I'm glad you think that a seven foot player is better than a six foot three player. That's all, all right, I can all say. Because if you, you know why? Like all time, <laughs> you know why? Per game, Kevin Durant has him beat. Do you know why I love that argument? Is because everybody wants to f- say how LeBron averaged more rebounds than Jordan, which is like two, right? Do you really think yeah, a yeah. six foot nine guy should average more rebounds than a fucking six foot six player? Really? Are you that fucking intelligent that you think that should happen? Oh, by the way, Jordan had more steals and look, fucking look, blocks. Steph, you got to increase game. your blocks first off. I'm tired of this shit. Do you know that that Jordan <laughs> who matters, averaged who matters hey. more to their team? You think KD matter more to his team or does Steph, Steph Curry? Matter more to his team? Steph Curry by far. Steph Curry by far. Yeah, I think that should be the real debate. You, you take Steph out of Golden State, you're not even playing in the playing tournament. I just want to see what happens when Wiseman so, comes back healthy next year and oh, KD. I'm excited for that. KD, Harden, and Kyrie. You know, Kyrie is always good for an injured knee, right? Every once in a while. He's going to blow out a knee or some bullshit like that. I want to see what happens when the big three of the Nets go up against Wiseman and Steph and Clay. I think think Golden State actually adds in somebody. I don't know who yet, but I think they add in a third player to help with that. How do you you feel about finals MVPs, considering KD has two of them and Steph has none? Well, that's because Steph gave KD the finals MVP. It was given to him? It was given to him. What about Rookie of the Year? Was that given to KD, too? No, KD earned that because he was at Oklahoma. Steph didn't win Rookie of the Year. No, because... <laughs> I actually do care about Finals MVPs Lord because... have mercy on <laughs> I, I I do care about Finals MVPs because, you know what? When LeBron James lost to the Warriors in 2016, guess who was the Finals MVP? Andre Iguodala. You know why? Because he shut LeBron down. Yeah. You know why he shut him down? Because... LeBron is overhyped. He's oh not God. as good as you think he is. Okay. Okay. All right. You Whatever. guys done with it now? Well, you guys done talking about I, it? I wanna, I'm not done I wanna, because <laughs> I want to go back to my We're not talking argument. about the Clippers. Look, 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 look. I want to go back to say who I think is better between Steph and KD. Right? Okay. All I'm right. going to take I'm, – I'm not going to look at titles because I don't think rings are what makes a player all the way. Right? I, I, I'm not a big – because this guy is undefeated in titles, makes him the best, whatever. So I think KD is a better player. He is more impactful because he's able to do more, right? He's able to do the blocks as a seven-footer and not like K- Steph. But he's also, when he's on the court, and we've seen it even when he was at Texas in college, the guy is a madman on the court. I think that KD should be a better player than Steph, but guess what? He has something to prove because do you know how many rings that Steph has won without KD? One. How many rings has KD won without Steph? He is minus one. Nothing. Yeah, he's minus one. So now you guys are going in circles because you just said that five minutes ago. Yeah. I'm glad that we said it five minutes ago because <laughs> it's a key guess stat what? here. Yeah, and I get your I, points it's out. A key stat. I just I'm, I'm getting a goddamn guys, drink. You I'm too. telling you guys right the fuck now. I want the Nets to win this year, 
And God forbid one of the big three gets injured. I do not want to see that happen because KD deserves that ring. He deserves that fucking ring. And I hope that he gets his third championship of his career because I want to see these two guys. That's why we're having this argument. I want to see those two guys on an even even playing, playing field. field. They should Everybody's be. healthy. Everybody's healthy and go at it. It's, it would be one hell of a series. I can tell you that. All right. So, Tanner, I think we've ran this I into think... the ground a little bit. Would you like to move on to the Clippers? Yeah. Or is there another team in the NBA no. that you would like the to Clippers, blow smoke about? Are the Clippers really a postseason disaster every freaking year? Are they a postseason disaster, Jason? Are I they mean, the team in L.A. that everybody's like, oh, they're way better than the Lakers and LeBron, and then they get in the playoffs and they shit the bed? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at these these two games that have been played, and oh, the, the big yeah, problem yeah. is, as we all know, is that the Clippers have lost two games at home. And that's a big, big problem. And when I look at the box scores of these first two games, uh, the biggest problem that I have is that the Clippers are not playing shit for defense. And not so for me, you know, this is this might be, and I, I'm not going to throw the blame on Ty Lue right now. I don't think it's Ty Lue at all. I, I'm not going to blame him right now, but I'm asking a question. Could this be a coaching issue? Because we all know that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are known as elite wing defenders. And so if you've got two elite wing defenders on your team, I want to know what the fuck is going wrong. Because and it, like, if you're going to throw the blame on somebody as to why they're not fucking playing defense, is it does it not go on the coach, Tanner? I, I guess it would go on the coach, or Luca's just freaking that good right now. The way he's just hitting threes, like Kawhi's not defend, can't defend him. Paul George can't defend him. Who else are you gonna put on Patrick Beverly? That's a joke, right now. That it that does fall on the coach. That is a scheme issue. And actually, speaking about it, Jason, it may not be a coach issue. It may be a front office issue. Hmm. If you think about it, they blamed they basically blamed Doc Rivers last year, right? Sure. For the Nuggets uh, versus the Nuggets. Yeah. Well. Guys, you're you're O two in the first round this year, with pretty much the same players, and you added in a few, and you have a new coach. So obviously, I don't. It may not even be the coach at all. It may be your front office that's trying to play the blend game on somebody. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. I, I'm just looking at this. Look. this. When I look at this game two box score, oh it fucking blows my mind because Tim you know, Hardaway, dude. Yeah, Hardaway Jr. I mean, you know, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I mean. Luka Doncic was 39. Tim Hardaway with 28. But seriously, what? like, is Luka Doncic what? that good? Should he be, should he be putting up 40 he, points in he, a fucking game he is out, against Kawhi Leonard Paul George? He's out there talking crap, dude. He's literally out there talking shit to, to Leonard, to George, to whoever covers him. And they're up by, like, I think they were up by, like, 15. And he just hits this, like, one-legged fall-away three-point, and then you just talk shit and walk away. Yeah. Like, and then the you guy got, is... Guy's ridiculous, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> and then you you said it. I mean, fucking Porzingis put up twenty points, and Tim Hardaway Jr. put 28? up twenty eight points. Are you kidding me? I mean, there there is something wrong when we look at this shit. And when I look at the Clippers side, Kawhi Leonard, and this is this is the the my favorite thing to say about this whole argument. You know, Kawhi Leonard is my boy. You know, he's won a championship with two different organizations. Yeah, my Spurs and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, guess what, guys? 
14 to 21, 41 points, six rebounds, four, four assists. You're not going to blame this motherfucker. Who, who, you can blame the rest of the no, motherfuckers no, no, no. on the Who's team. Who's the other guy on the team that is actually scoring points? Who's the other guy? Paul George. Yeah. And then who? who's after that? Nobody. Uh, Nobody. Marcus Morris? Yeah. Or is okay. it Marcus or Markeith? I keep losing I, track of Actually, that's Markeith in there. But it, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. You got two guys who are leading practically all statistics on one team, and you can't get help from anybody? Yeah. Like, like, they're doing this at home. At home! This is the problem. <laughs> A full stadium, and, so, and you can't win at home. And you got two guys on your team who are supposed to do their job, and they are doing their job. But guess what? There's seven other players that has to do something. <laughs> and so this this goes to my point that we just made earlier on the show is like when the home role players, if they can't do shit at home, what do you think they're going to do on the road? Well, suppose they're going to crawl up in a ball and go hide in their fucking locker. So, they're so, not even going to play. So the big talk I'm, I'm hearing right now, uh, at least this morning when I was listening to some radio, is – Mavericks, Luca and Mavericks are playing so great because they are on the road and there's no pressure. All right, well, that doesn't make any sense. So what is he going to do when he goes back to Dallas for the next two games? Shit the bed? I highly doubt that. I highly think that the Clippers are probably going to have even more pressure with crowd noise and everything else. So I, I don't understand that part at all. From Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I just I have a problem with this series, and I, there's something wrong with the Clippers dating back to the bubble. I mean, I, and front we front office man. Well, I think we all gave the Clippers the benefit of the doubt when they were in the bubble because you know all the teams were going through stuff and and everything else, and we didn't hold the teams that were in a bubble to the high standard that we normally do, but uh, there's something going on with the Clippers, and I, I don't know if it's like a chemistry issue or what, but guess what? If Rondo can't get these guys going, you know, we always talk about playoff, playoff Rondo. Rondo on this fucking show. If Rondo can't get these guys going, guess what? Nobody's going to get these motherfuckers going, and they are cooked. Yeah. Somebody's what about the, the heat, you guys? And that's another one, by the way, that – uh, are the heat in the kitchen, Tanner, or something you can, wanted to talk can about? Can they stay in the kitchen and not go out? What, like, is, what do you mean the kitchen? Is this like a, a bad wife or what? Yeah, so like don't take the heat if you can't. Oh, okay. You know, the kitchen. You don't want to keep them in the, in, the, in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So like, the, what are they cooking? Are they cooking so, anything at all? They're not cooking anything. That's what I thought. I thought they're, it's pretty bland <laughs> these days. The Bucks are bullying these guys. It's awful. This guy named Brian, or I think it's Brian Forbes. I think that's how you say his first name. Bryn Forbes, Bryn formerly Forbes. of the Spurs. It is Bryn. All right, I was... I wasn't for sure. I was formerly of the Spurs. This guy signed in the offseason. Who the hell is this guy? He sit here and scored 22 points. He does know how to shoot, by the way. Yeah, he's freaking three-pointer. He played for the Spurs. He had six threes, and he had 22 points. Like, what the world? What is the Heat doing right now? They don't have anybody. First game, they had Drogic leading the way with 25 points. Gordon Drogic, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, you went to overtime, sure. But that's because also the Milwaukee Bucks – Shot 16% from three. And then the second well, game? I think they've been a letdown all year, haven't they? They've been inconsistent. I mean, you, you're a big Jimmy Butler guy, right? Yeah. Heat, heat haven't been the same that they were. All right. So but they also had injuries. They also had the COVID thing and stuff like that. COVID Yeah, I, I will give you Goran Dragic. Uh, that guy's old as dirt. Like, <laughs> he probably <laughs> should retire pretty soon. But, I mean, this is the one series, guys, out of all of the series that – I do believe could turn. 
It could. And the reason why I think it'll turn is because the Heat, I mean, they've already been there and done that, right? So they're the defending Eastern Conference champions. So this is kind of an old hat to them, even though they got destroyed 132 to 98 in that last fucking game. Dead them in with your leading points? Yeah. Get out of here. (laughs) So I I always like to talk about the role players. And so the Bucks hosted the first two games. Correct. And they fucking destroyed the Heat. But I'm looking at the box score. Obviously, Giannis is going to do what he's going to do. Chris Middleton, he was 4 of 5 from field goal percentage, uh, 17 points. But look at these other guys. I've got Brent Forbes with 22 points. I've got Mr. Connaughton with 15 points. And Bobby Portis shooting 3 of 6 from field goal for 11 points. So I want to point out something here. These fucking role players are not going to do shit when they go to Miami. Okay, so, so you're saying the 41 percent field goal percentage they had in the second game, third or three point, for, is not going to be the not going to fucking not even happen. Be close. And it, honestly, like I'm not even convinced that Chris Middleton is going to show up in these next two games in Miami. I'm convinced that Giannis, being who he is, he's going to have two fucking monster games. But what happens if nobody else shows up? You have the Clippers. And, Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so that's why if I had to make a prediction right now, I think this is going to be two to two. I think that Miami, their role players, if you look at the other side, I mean, Tyler Hero, I mean, he didn't do shit. I think he's going to show up. And, look, you know, Jimmy uh, still has to show up too. Like, there's, it's, it's coming. Yeah, I mean, but Jimmy Buckets is a guy as you know he's going to fucking show up. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a it's, road game it, or a It may home not game be or, like sometimes it's not even may not be quite statistics, but you know the guys out there, he's probably getting beat up for God's sake. But dude, look at Tyler Hero. He shot 1 for 5 from it's the re- field yeah. with four fucking points. I mean, we used to think of Tyler Hero He was as a hero last year. <laughs> the upper co- up and comer, he was going to be the the third guy of the fucking big 3. Yep. But that's, you know, at this point in his career, he's still a role player, even Correct. though he might take a step forward later in his career. Correct. He needs to play at home. And that's why I think you could see guys like a Tyler Hero, even like a guy like Goran Dragic, these guys could step up their games when they start playing the home games. So I know you love these types of games and revenge games because you talk about it in the NFL all the time. This is a revenge game. I love this. This is a revenge game for the Bucks. Because the Heat knocked out the Bucks last year in the playoffs, so this is a this could be a dominating force with the Bucks right now. Of saying we're not losing to you this year, and we're gonna not only beat you guys, but we're gonna crush you. It, it might be a four game sweep. No, you don't think no, it'll happen at all. This is a seven game series. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say at least maybe five. Do you? I mean, look at that score, man. Do you really think Miami is going to fold after getting their ass kicked? By no, no, they're going to come back. That's what I'm saying. Five. I think Miami comes back. I, I'm going to go. Miami comes back next game, and then the Bucks take it to them. Okay, so I'm using your theory here of revenge games. Correct. Do you not think that Miami is going to put the revenge on the Bucks? Oh, you think and just you fucking think it'd be destroy like them the next two so, games? So you think the Heat's going to put more? into the last two games rather than the Bucks put it into their demise last year. I'm just saying, like, th- this looks like a deal <laughs> where the home team could win every fucking game in the series. That'd be crazy. So <laughs> it's it's not over, guys. Like, And I, I do believe in – I'm a big believer in Giannis. You all know that. 
Uh, not so much of a big believer in the rest of that so, fucking roster. So real quick, we talk next Wednesday. Who's going to be there? For in this in, between, to win uh, just, the series? just in this series, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and take Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I'm going to go but Milwaukee. I, I'm not going to be shocked if I'm wrong. No. That this is the one series that I think is going to go the distance. Okay, for sure. I like it. Well, I'm glad you guys got that out of your system for sure. Hey, by the way, <laughs> does Giannis does Giannis block or does he steal? And how you know how tall is he? Yeah. Well, he's a seven footer, so. Oh, okay. Okay. So he must block. Well, well as you guys know, better. this is this is yeah, why what? he's I, better than Drew Holiday, who is the point guard on this time. Team. See, here's the deal, you guys out there watching. <laughs> if you're still watching here towards the end of the show, thank you very much. But here's the deal: is that we're called the sports buffoons, which means we we all like sports, we like to get drunk, and we like to be buffoons. But here's the other thing: like some of us are better than others at certain things. <laughs> And I'm the biggest buffoon when it comes to the NBA or basketball in general. And so, for the most part, I'm sitting here, like, looking over stats, like, hmm, I don't know shit about shit about these guys. Uh, obviously, I know KD and Steph Curry, but, like, you know, the intricacies of the game, I'm not exactly uh, the I'm most like familiar with. And except, Well, I know KD's taller than Steph. I knew that. But still... I, I, you know, I obviously it's one of those deals yeah. where uh, you guys are going to have more NBA knowledge about yeah. certain things than I will. Nah, we're but when we shit. roll around to football season, obviously at that point, that's my niche. That's my thing that I do. I'm a football guy. And so at that point, then I'm no longer the buffoon. Then Tanner's the buffoon. That's so. fine. I'll take the buffoon. <laughs> right, but we need to be clear here because we always want Mike's opinion on who's going to be in the finals Correct. at this point in the season and who's hey, going to win the finals. I had the best bracket for the March Madness, That's right. By he the did way. have the did. best bracket. Yeah, I had so. the best bracket out of I was us. just about to say that. And I NBA told you guys, is a little bit different. I told you guys a long time ago, though, the Nets were my team all along for the finals. Oh, yeah. I told you guys that long. I don't remember who I picked on the other end, but... I know the Nets were for sure my team to win. I told you guys that months ago. And I and I picked that in preseason. I picked the yeah, Nets. Yeah, so in I was with you in preseason. In preseason, we, I think we both picked the Nets to uh, win in and the finals. I so that Lakers, was my pick even back sure. then. So, I mean, I think that we're still looking and in that I, direction. I think our reasoning behind that, Mike, was, and I think you, can, you and I both can agree on this, is that LeBron James is a really good player. But at this stage in his career, at age thirty-five, he's not. You he's called, not a great. You call Tom Brady wash, and he ended up winning the Super Bowl. That's a team sport, Tanner. Oh my god! That's a I'm team sport. This. When you're in the NBA, you got to oh, run the show. Freaking. All right, you guys, we we got to save some energy for next week. So <laughs> I don't um, want to save any energy. Without a doubt, we have to we have to save some energy for next week. <laughs> put out another great show. The Royals did end up losing here, obviously, in extras, uh, two to one. So one more it is game. what it is. That's uh, all right. Not surprised, right. you know. They're, Stay they're, positive. Stay positive. Oh, they suck. They suck ass. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Well. Those of you out there listening and following along, thank you so much for sticking around with us uh, through our little bit longer episode than normal. So um, thank you guys very, very much out there. Give us a follow, hit the like button, and notification as well. We do put out a show every single Wednesday night slash Thursday morning, so keep that in mind. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, as well as here on YouTube with you guys too. So uh, with all that said, you guys, I mean, I'll see you all on the next one. All right, bro. Thank you guys for joining. And this is JG. I am out. See you guys.